What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Getting Saucy Pod, episode five. I am here with the boys, as always. Uh, my name is Nolan. Um, I'm going to send it over quickly to one of our hosts, Nikki B, Nick Belanger. How's everything going tonight, man? Uh, pretty good. You know, fired up. Golf season is just around the corner here in Ottawa, Ontario. So that gets me excited. School's almost done. So that also gets me excited. Good combination over there. Yeah, buddy. Those are the driving range today. Uh, playing golf Saturday. I play golf tomorrow. It's uh, it is upon us officially. Seventeen degrees today, which is sounds like uh, swinging weather to me. And uh, Sis, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, good. Uh, busy, but yeah, golf season coming up. I'm also golfing on Saturday. I saw it's supposed to be like twenty three degrees or something. So excited for wow. that and ready to talk some hockey here. Yeah, I mean, without further ado, I guess we'll uh, send it over to some hockey talk. Let's start off with what I think is what. Well, very recent news, but to me, really um, interesting news and probably pretty obvious what the outcome's going to be. But uh, Taylor Hall, healthy scratch tonight on a atrocious Buffalo Sabres team, the dumpster fire that is the Buffalo Sabres, the legend lives on. Um, although they have been better as of late, but Taylor Hall, in the one-year deal he has um, approaching the trade deadline, has been healthy scratched. I think that can only mean one thing. Um, I'm going to send this one over to Nick and get your thoughts and maybe where you think he's heading. Yeah, you know what, definitely trade uh, coming there. I mean, uh, you know, Buffalo's, I don't know if they're mathematically eliminated yet, but they're essentially, they're not making it, simply put. Uh, it's tough to call where he's going to go, right? Because even if they eat half that that $8 million cap hit, he's still got a $4 million cap hit. So, like, people like all these, you know, obviously in Ottawa, we get a lot of Toronto media, and they're all saying a halt to Toronto. And I'm thinking, like, like who are they going to, like, get rid of that, like can account for four million dollars maybe is freddie anderson i wouldn't want to run with jack campbell and hutchinson in the playoffs they're gonna dubas is known to pull off some moves but i don't know if they can make it happen uh boston maybe i guess you know you'd, you'd help on that second line they have the assets to get back you know debrus could be a guy that they've been looking to move would be a good young player Colorado would probably be my favorite destination for him. I think he makes that second line instantly better. You know, you could run like a Hall, Kadri, Burakovsky second line. I think that'd be pretty dangerous along with that first line. Uh, any other teams there maybe, Sis? Yeah, no, I, I don't think he should go to Toronto. I think it's uh, the exact thing they don't need right now. I think they should try to bolster their defense with uh, maybe a Savard or uh, Ekholm if he's available. Um, but a team I was looking at was Florida. I think uh, they could use some uh, scoring up front. Um, but I think you hit it with uh, Colorado there. I think that could be a destination. Good second line. They're already deep. Um, but could uh, help them in the playoffs. Yeah, I got a couple. I'm going to – because Nick's the NHL encyclopedia. Um, is Zach Hyman a potential trade they could make as far as cap space? I think they Montana. really like him. I think he makes like probably like between three and four. So that hypothetically could work, but I feel like okay. he's the type of guy they would not want to move. Like everybody's been gassing For sure, but I'm just – if hypothetically, if you were going to answer that question, that would be the guy I think would move. Um, I do agree with Sis. I like the – call. Or I don't know who said it, but I like the Colorado option. Um, another team I think could really use a Taylor Hall. Again, encyclopedia of the NHL. Would Winnipeg be able to, to soak Taylor Hall's contract? Yeah, so a guy that they've kind of been wanting to get rid of. So Maxime Perrault, who's essentially, you know, not been good on that team, been hurt. He has a cap hit a little over four. So that would be somebody who, 
like would be a salary matcher per se in any trade that Winnipeg. I I don't think Winnipeg would need Taylor Hall. I think they're more looking. They would probably move Pero for Ekholm or like Savard. Like obviously as a piece of like or just a salary matcher essentially, but definitely an option there. Yeah. And am I wrong in saying that he was rumored to go to Montreal a little while back, Taylor Hall, like before he signed with Buffalo? Uh, Does that uh, ring a bell with anybody? I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong there, but anyways, maybe I'm just speculating. But I thought I remember that, so maybe that could be a potential spot for maybe Bergman's on the prowl. Um, I guess the other question I have is like, do you think this is just precautionary, or do you think there's a trade in the works right now with the team? Do you think Buffalo's under the table trying to deal him right now, or is this just precautionary to keep him healthy? Yeah, no, I I definitely, I definitely think it's uh, I mean, it's to keep him healthy for a trade. I think they're definitely working on all fronts, especially just because like maybe if they're dealing him to a Canadian team, there's that seven day quarantine and the, the the deadline's seven days away as of right now on Tuesday, April sixth, I think that is. And then to talk on your earlier point about Montreal, I feel like again, Ottawa, we get flooded with so much like Montreal news. So I feel like some Montreal fans were like, Oh yeah, like Taylor, every big free agent that comes up, some Montreal fans like, oh yeah, they'd be a great yeah. fit in Montreal. Like Petrangelo would be a great fit in Montreal, but they don't understand their the salary cap and how it works. You know, I saw this hilarious meme on uh, Instagram. It was uh, trade uh, Taylor Hall to Montreal for Eric Stahl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I guess. Time will tell with that one. I can't wait to break the news. I guess probably next podcast we will have news on where Taylor Hall's heading. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys what do you guys think the price looks like for that? I mean, like I I think if the price was high, they would have moved him by now. I think their their asking price is high. What do you think they actually settle on? You know, it's a good question. Like, I I, I don't know because it's only one year on the deal, right? You're only getting twenty games or so. You know, or give or take, including playoffs. Um, I, I guess maybe like a first round, or maybe just like a solid prospect. Because I, I, at the end of the day, like Buffalo's trying to move this guy no matter what. There's no point in keeping him. He's not signing that. So you may as well get something for him. And I think you know desperation might kick in if they can't make a move sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's just tough because he's. It's tough to pinpoint his value because he's kind of been on the decline. Really, he's not been producing like he has been so it's it's really hard because you know he has that uh that next level in him but lately he's just been kind of slowing down a bit yeah it's definitely tough to pick I mean I think it depends on how many teams I mean one can fit him under their cap like with some salary matching or with some kind of cap magic and two you know will there be a bidding war right because then that price will go up you know I think like let's say Right now, they're saying first rounder, and then you know, once let's say three teams are willing to pony up for a first rounder, they'll say, okay, now it's a third, a first rounder, and you know, a decent prospect, stuff like that. Anyways, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. I do think, yeah, he has that other gear, like Sis said, and it's just a matter of whether a team can find it. I think a team, you know, that has an elite first line already, like him, just being a second line guy with like a lot less pressure, could really, really help him. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I do think he's still a first-line player and a good one at that. Um, but, you know, you never know with this season. Maybe that could give him a little confidence boost lining up against second-line guys, um, and that could really propel him as, as they head into the playoffs. I don't think it's a bad move, but I do think he's too skilled to be on the second line. Um, but 
Anyways, we'll move on to a team that says that Hall might end up on. Um, the Florida Panthers, six straight wins. Uh, they're currently tied for the most points in the entire league. Who saw that coming at the beginning of the season? Nobody. But Sizz did say like a month ago that they are hot and they're continuing to be hot. So I'll give him a tip of my cap. Uh, you go ahead, Sizz. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, d- I do like them, but uh, I was surprised after Ekblad went down that they really rallied around and managed to, I guess, fill that void for now. Um, but yeah, they have, they have great depth up front. I really like um, just that lack of playoff experience for them. Uh, hopefully they can overcome that and uh, maybe make a move at the deadline, maybe a haul for them up front. Uh, Savard at home on D maybe uh, could help bolster their lineup. And they'll definitely have a tough uh, playoffs against Tampa uh, if they end up matching up against each other. But uh, yeah, no, a very exciting team to watch. And uh, I'm uh, happily surprised with what they've done this year after being bad for so long. Yeah, goaltending is a big one with them too. I mean, like it sounds like it's just kind of one of those things that there's such a strong correlation between good goaltending and, you know, making the playoffs. Like if you go through the playoff teams every year, like nobody's making it with subpar goaltending. So I think that's been huge for them to finally get some consistency in net. I mean, Chris Dreiger has been a stud. Like I can't believe he was playing in the ECHL and he was an Ottawa prospect. Anyway, so that's that's a big thing for them. As you said, Sis, it'll be tough for them in the playoffs. Like Carolina too. Like whoever gets matched up in that two three spot between you know Tampa, Carolina, Florida, it's not going to be happy. But uh, I guess we'll see. What do you think, Nolan? Um, Florida to me is just like a team that. Um, has taken kind of a step forward in like every aspect of their game. They, they they had a huge question mark in net. Bobrovsky has not been consistent. They seem to have a guy that, fingers crossed, has been very consistently good. Um, like their forwards are taking a step forward. Barkov and Huberto are established as two of the best players in the league, one of the best duos in the league behind maybe a couple others. Um, their depth is getting better. Their prospects are getting better. Um, their defense is getting better. You know, unfortunately, Ekblad's out, but they're still finding a way to get it done. Um, it's just, I don't think there's any like one big thing that they've done other than maybe goaltending that's like improved the team to be this drastically better. I think it's just all around like everything's taken a step forward. Any other points on that, guys? Uh, no. No. Maybe all right. Well, let's move on to what's Sorry, that? Go ahead. No, no. So go ahead. Go ahead. Let's uh, let's move on to a trash team. No one knows why. Um, a team that. We were actually praising not too long ago um, as won a Stanley Cup in the last two years. The uh, St. Louis Blues. They have lost seven straight games. Um, goaltending has not been there. I, I, they have some injury troubles, but not enough to justify seven straight losses. I'll send this one over to Nick first. What do you think, Ben? Uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I just think uh, maybe St. Louis, I, it sounds bad. I mean, I think they've just kind of overstayed their welcome a little bit. I just, I don't think they have it anymore. You know, it's specifically when they're playing that tough division there. Minnesota looks awesome this year. They got Colorado and uh, Vegas, obviously. So those are, you know, half their games. So that's, that's really tough. Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the way their team's built, it's it's size and speed, and I think they've lost their legs a little bit. Uh, Hoffman's been a disappointment. The goaltending, obviously the loss of Petrangelo, you know, losing your captain and a guy that's, you know, a true top 10 two-way defenseman in the league that you have to play against for half the game, you know, because he logs so many minutes. 
it's tough. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see if they can figure it out. But I do think uh, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better for them. I think they'll sneak into the playoffs this year. But I think for the next couple of years, you'll you'll see some steady regression for me. Yeah, like to me, they're a team that like that 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 year they won the Stanley Cup. To me, was their last year of that window where they had that chance and they got really lucky and, and hit a hot streak and got incredible goaltending and found a way. But to me, they're just like an older team now. They're just they, their veterans are getting old and, and, and a year like this and a condensed schedule, things are not the same. And I don't know, like you're seeing a lot of older teams really, really struggle. I, I think the condensed schedule is a lot to do with that. Um, and so the, this is just another um, product of that. And like to your point, Nick, like I actually don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think Arizona's going to sneak into that fourth spot just because they're younger. And I think as the season goes on, it's going to continue to wear on these guys. Yeah, I I agree. And as Nick touched on briefly, a guy that's been really bad for them is Mike Hoffman. He has uh he has nine goals in thirty six games, and as a guy that. He, that's basically why they signed him is to put pucks in the net, and he's he's clearly just not getting it done for them. Um, th- their top line's been pretty good with uh, Perron, Sh- uh, Shannon O'Reilly, but they just don't have any depth. And like you guys said, losing Petrangelo was a big hit to them, and uh, Bennington's not been great either. Um, I also agree. I don't think they make the playoffs. Um, the Sharks have actually won four in a row as well and are now ahead of them, and uh, the Coyotes are ahead of them as well. So it's going to be a tough climb for them to get uh, back in a playoff spot there. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens there. Uh, you know, like, I think Arizona and San Jose are going to have one of those kind of tough conundrums come uh, the trade deadline. You know, are they going to be a, a buyer or seller, right? I mean, Arizona specifically, they don't have their first or second rounders. This actually got one from Ottawa for Derek Stepan. Don't remind me. Um, but so they don't have a first rounder this year. So we'll see. I mean, Connor Garland is a guy that they, people have talked about moving because of his cap hit. Yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, because, I mean, do they want to get into that fourth spot and then just get bounced by Vegas or Colorado in the first round? Or do they want to sell off whatever assets they have and just kind of build the future and, and recoup and let St. Louis just have another crack at it? I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Just looking at Arizona from the past, they there's no chance they're not taking the shot at the Cup if they can find that fourth spot. Just to me, like... They were trading for Taylor Hall last season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're making a, tr- a splash like that on a team like that. They, they they put all the eggs in the basket of Stanley Cup run every year, even when they're not that good, like this year. Um, but let's head over to the north. We're going to head over to uh, the Vancouver Canucks here. Some uh, unfortunate news. You've seen it around the league a few times this year, but they've been struck pretty pretty good with the uh, the COVID-19 list. Um, they've been postponed for at least the next week. Uh, I think they're, from what I've seen, 20 different names on the list, uh, all Vancouver staff and players, uh, including the head coach, some of which having like actual pretty serious symptoms. Like some of them have been in bed, uh, unable to get out of bed and practice or even like walk around the house. So obviously I'll send this one over to Nick. It's unfortunate news for the NHL. It's unfortunate for Vancouver. And I guess like where does this uh, set them as, as we head into the last few games of the season? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely tough. I, I, you know, praying for their families and them just that they get better. That's on it. That's the one big thing, you know, before hockey is obviously, you know, health and well-being. Um, 
yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, the B1, I think it's the B1 variant of the Brazil one. Apparently, you know, it's, it spreads really fast and the symptoms are, you know, a lot worse than the regular strains. We're looking at uh, in Canada, we're not looking too hot right now, sadly, specifically in Ontario. In terms of hockey, I don't see how they finish the year. I think what's going to happen is, um, I mean, it's going to take some work for those <laughs> those scheduling guys. Uh, so God bless their souls because they do crazy work. I don't know how they do it. I'd love, I'd love to see the code that optimizes that, the schedule and stuff. But uh, I think, I mean, their chances for the playoffs were super slim anyway. Sadly, them, Ottawa and Calgary, the, the playoffs are essentially set in the north. I think they would have had to go 13-3-3. In their final games to match Montreal going even and I think Montreal better than even so I think they'll probably finish like they'll just cut the year they'll cut their losses and then they'll just use points percentage for the for the odds of the, the first uh, overall pick maybe I could be wrong but I just think that health and well-being is more important than hockey at this point right yeah I definitely gotta agree with Nick there hopefully everyone's okay and they all recover uh, speedily um, in terms of hockey, I, I agree. I don't think they were going to make the playoffs. They have uh, Montreal has two games in hand in them and are eight points ahead. Um, they're currently in fifth, tied in points with Calgary as well. So I don't think they would have caught uh, Montreal or any other teams ahead of them. Um, so like you said, I think just kind of cut the losses and uh, get ready for next season. I, I don't think they can make it in. Yeah, I mean... As much as you're obviously not looking past like the health risks and so on, and uh, obviously you know, uh, my best wishes go out to the Vancouver Canucks and their families and all that stuff. Um, from from a hockey standpoint, it, it couldn't have happened in a better division if it's going to happen, right? I mean, this division's probably the most solidified of them all. Um, those top four teams, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue are not going to be the top four teams. They might jostle around a little bit, but if it's going to happen, I guess this is probably the best division for it to happen in because. You could just say, hey, season's done. You guys aren't getting it anyways. Um, I want to head over, actually, out of the NHL quickly. We're going to talk about this kid, Connor Bedard, who is uh, playing in the WHL in the Regina Pats. Uh, and he is currently on pace for more points than McDavid, Crosby, and John Tavares in his 15-year-old season. Uh, obviously, it's a WHL, so I'm not going to say an asterisk, but it is a different league. Um, but either way, like that's pretty impressive stuff, and I, he's got a lot of confidence. He was trying the Michigan uh, the other day. This kid's uh, ballsy. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I I don't know if he's on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's on that that Crosby McDavid level, but I think he'll he'll definitely slot into that. I mean, obviously he's young. He's fifteen, and it makes me super jealous. It's actually kind of embarrassing that he's six years younger than uh, than uh, us, and yeah, but. Yeah, it's uh, for him. I mean, he's tearing it up watching his highlights. The confidence is there, the skill, the speed, the shot. Like, just he's got everything. The hockey sense just oozing. Obviously, the WHL is a bit weaker than the OHL, but probably better than the QMJHL. So, really impressive. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know if he's that Crosby McDavid tier just because he doesn't have kind of that one skill to me that just kind of like hovers overall. I know Crosby's got this, that like, probably the best hockey sense to ever play. And then McDavid's got that, just like that speed and that pace. I don't know if he has that, that like one kind of differentiating factor. I think he's more in that, like Tavares, Stamkos, Matthews. I mean, like Eichel tier of like, you know, superstars and number one guys, but maybe not, uh, you know, generational once every, you know, 10 to 20 years talent. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't honestly seen much of him play. I've just seen the points he's been putting up, and that's really impressive with a 15-year-old playing against like 18, 19-year-olds. Um, but yeah, when I saw him try the Michigan, I, I kind of thought this guy could really be the real deal, just whipping that out in like your fifth game in the dub. Like it's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to see some more uh, sustained success. Uh, like it's pretty early in the season. If he can keep it up, I'd be really impressed. Uh, or not even keep that up because that's pretty insane, but just some sort of pace, like point a game from here on out would be uh, pretty outrageous and would definitely solidify his stock going in the next few years. And hopefully he's playing uh, World Juniors with the boys. Yeah, I think he'll definitely be there when, when the time comes there, when he gets to, to be, I mean, he's still like, what, two, three years away, the World Juniors, but uh, it's exciting. You know, there's two other guys there, like not this coming year, but next year, 2022 draft, Shane Wright and uh, Brad Lambert. Those two guys, I think it's Brad Lambert, yeah, like the Finnish kid from the World Juniors and Shane Wright, I think, yeah, it is. had better goals, the, uh, goals per game, and even maybe points in McDavid did in his, in his exceptional status here, so... Yeah, both of those guys next year is going to be really exciting for those teams. Maybe like Buffalo, or at the bottom, Detroit. Maybe like yeah, I think they're they're looking at Shane Wright, thinking like, yeah, this is like this is somebody we could tank for, kind of like Buffalo did there. Toronto did for Matthews, and Buffalo did for uh, McDavid, but uh, obviously they didn't get him. <laughs> Lambert, he's Finnish, eh? He's the Finnish one from the World Juniors last year. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, that kid's really nasty. But no, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know a ton about this kid. Um, but his points speak for himself, and the confidence he has speaks for himself. He's, uh, you know, he's got every sign that he's about to run the WHL um, over the next few years, and quite possibly the NHL. Yeah, uh, just talk, touch on you touch on Shane right there. Uh, he he made the uh, World Juniors camp last year as a 15 year old, so hopefully he get in next year as as a 16 year old would be pretty insane. You gotta love seeing like kids wearing cages on Team Canada. You know, you, you gotta be so nasty to wear a cage World Juniors on Team Canada. That's yeah, that's, so like, sick. that's like the Sid McDavid vibes. Yeah, like you gotta be like generational or like a once in like a decade player. To so, I mean, obviously you'd love to see that out of Shane, right? Um, we're gonna head over to a new segment. Um, just one we'll we'll throw in for this week. We're just gonna talk about um how we see the playoff picture playing out uh, once the divisions uh, are over. So we're going to talk about who we think is going to come out of each division. Um, and then we're just going to talk about, because you never know what rank they'll be, what what the, the actual uh, series will be out of the semis right now. So we're just going to talk about the two teams we think move on uh, and then the finals. So let's start off with, uh, we'll start off with Sis for this one. What do you think, man? We'll start with the North. Start with the North. Um, okay, so I see uh, the Jets coming out of the North. I think they make a pickup at the deadline, and I think one way or another they get by the Leafs, whether uh, that's Montreal beating them or the Jets beating them themselves. Um, then going to the West, I have Colorado edging out Vegas there. I just think Colorado's team is too much offensively, and uh, Nate and the boys get through Vegas. Uh, moving to the East, this was a tough one. There's so many good teams in the East, um, but I will go with the Capitals. I just think. Um, they have great offense, great D. Uh, big pickup in uh, Chera for a locker room guy. Um, I know they're aging, but I, I still like them. I think they have enough to get it done uh, for maybe a couple more years. They are as well currently in first in their division. And then last is Central. I think I think Tampa, uh, with all their experience, hopefully they get Kucherov back for them for the playoffs as well. I think they will edge out Florida and Carolina. 
And then in the final four, um, I think Colorado will beat whoever they play. And then probably Tampa, unless they face each other. Uh, I could see a Colorado-Tampa Cup final, and I think uh, Colorado would take that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a few different picks. I'll let that one just play itself out. It seems reasonable enough. Um, I think Toronto's getting out of the north. I don't love it uh, as a Sens fan, but, I mean, they're, they're currently on track for their best uh, win percentage season in history. Um, it's hard to, to bet against that team right now. I know they've had their slump, but like Matthews is back. If they can hit the ground with a little with stride going into the playoffs, I think they're going to be really scary. Uh, in in the mass, what's it called? The mass mutual East. I've got the uh, the Islanders going on. Um, if you look closely, they're they're tied for uh, win percentage with the Washington Capitals. I think they're a little bit younger. I think their uh, structure's a little bit better. I think more in recent times, they've had a lot of success in the playoffs. Uh, so I like the Islanders to move on. In the Discover Central, I'm actually, uh, and this pains me to say it, I'm a huge Tampa Bay fan. I think the Carolina Hurricanes get out of that division. Um, another team, like the, to me, like it's like the Islanders. They run under the radar, but every season they're there. They win by committee. They have good depth. They have good structure. Rob the bod behind the bench, getting it done. Um, so yeah, like I, they just strike me as a team that silently always does well in the playoffs, at least recently. Um, and then in the Honda West, I'm going with my boys. I know Colorado's good. Kale McCarr's sick. McKinnon's dirty. Vegas Golden Knights, my boys, love VGK. They're getting out of that division. They're sick. Again, like a team that just always is in the mix in the playoffs, always in the mix in the season. More depth than, in my opinion, any other team in the league. They're, yeah, the Golden Misfits getting out of that division. Um, from then on, I think the Leafs are getting knocked out, and I think the Isles are getting knocked out. I think you're going to have the Carolina Hurricanes and the Vegas Golden Knights in the finals. And VGK has taken home their first Stanley Cup, and I believe their third season, fourth season, which is just, I don't even care what season because it's way better than any other inaugural team, and they're the best inaugural team to ever, or way better than any expansion team, and they're the best expansion team to ever do it. And I love VGK. Go Flurry. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a combination of you guys. Um, I mean, pretty simple. I mean, Tampa and the Central, getting Kucherov back, that's been their plan all along, I'm sure of it there. I think Kucherov's almost healthy. I think they're just waiting to get him into the playoffs because <laughs> they can't because of just cap constraints. I think they've just kind of planned this, uh, which is, I mean, fairly genius, but please looked into it and they thought it's all good. So Tampa and the Central. Yeah, sadly, Leafs in the North. I think it's one of those things. Matthews is going to say, like, hey, look, I'm Austin Matthews. I'm going to take over a series. Uh, I just I just think that it's going to be too much to handle their power play, too. I think uh, that's always a key to a Stanley Cup winner, having a really good power play, just because it's, like, such a tight lock and kind of, like, non-mistake five-on-five. But as soon as you get on the power play, things open up and your skill can shine a little bit. So that's that's big for them. Uh, in the East, I'll go Boston. I just find there's teams that like just find a way, and you don't expect it, and it's like they're they're kind of just like a dark horse, and people are like they want to even make the playoffs. I think that they're going to make a move the deadline to get better, and I think they're going to sneak out of that division just because of their experience and just it's just one of those things. It's just 
I don't know. There's always a team that kind of just sneaks through like Pittsburgh going back to back. Nobody really thought of them. Washington, when they won, everybody kind of wrote them off, said, okay, yeah, like they had their chances. Now they're not going to do it. Um, even St. Louis, I didn't call that at all. And then in the West, uh, for me, like Nolan, it's, uh, it's Vegas for sure. Uh, it's close. Well, maybe not for sure. I mean, it's close being Colorado and I mean, McKinnon is the best, like, you know, he'll be the best player in that series. I just think, uh, goaltending is what decides it for me. I think having Leonard and Fleury, one of them is going to be hot, like surely. So when one of those guys is hot, you know, they'll be so difficult to stop. Uh, in terms of winning the cup, boring. Tampa's going to go back to back, getting Kucherov back. They just have everything, seriously. Like, like really good D, best, if not top three goalie in the league, and then elite power play, and then they have that elite, uh, you know, forward core, and they still have that depth with, you know, Goudreau and uh, Coleman, uh, Gord, all these guys. So, yeah, I'm boring. I, I think Tampa's, yeah, going back-to-back. Stamkos looks awesome this year, too, better than we're looking at five years. So How's that feel, Sid? Stamkos looks awesome. It's okay. He has to last the whole playoffs. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You already said oh, that. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't because they win without him. They win without him. Yeah. No, I do think Tampa's going to uh, beat Carolina, though. Yeah. It's just whether they play. You don't know if they're going to play each other in the conference finals, right? It's not like – yeah, because there's no East, no West. So they, they may not face each other. Well, no, they're um, in the division. What's that? Oh, yeah. and Oh, in the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Watch Florida win it. Just like, be like, yeah, like that's another team can't team. really count out. Like, if Dredger decides that it's his series, his series, and like, again, like, there's, it's the NHL, man. Like, to me, McKinnon's the best playoff performer in the entire league, and like, he could steal a series. And, yeah. and very well, like, I don't know, like, if Marner goes silent and Nylander goes silent, is Matthews good enough to steal a whole series? Yeah, no, the, the thing with the Leafs for me is just uh, goaltending. Like, I know Jack Campbell's 9-0-0, but if he blows up in the playoffs one game and then now you have question marks, now you're throwing cold Freddie Anderson in, can he do it? If he if he collapses too, then you're in trouble. And it's it's only a couple of games you lose, and that's the difference. Your season's over, right? So, Yeah, for sure. It's it's, it's that kind of common saying, you know, you know, I forget what the exact, but it's just, you know, show up to the dance and you never know what's going to happen. And that's kind of like the mantra for a lot of teams. Are you just honestly you never know how you're going to match up against teams or just like, you know, Ottawa's won the season series against, I think, Montreal. Like, you know, it's just like who would I actually did they? I think they did. You know what? Anyways, it's just one of those things you just never know. But yeah, no, I like our picks, boys. Honestly, um, the only one that we, I think we have three different ones. The only one in the East. I think, yeah, Sis had Washington. I had Boston. Nolan had the Isles. I think other than that, I think there was a lot of overlap with, you know, Vegas or Colorado, Leafs like, or Winnipeg, and then Tampa or Carolina. Is there any we all took the same team? Uh, is, there any te- is there any we took the same team in? No, eh? No. No. That's sick. That's dope. That's what we want. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, like, Boston, like, again, like, they, they strike me as a team that's running at, like, 80% right now. So, who knows come playoff time. Like, that's a good call from Nick. They were too good to be this bad, and they're Boston, so they don't struggle like this. This is, I don't know, there's something going on. That's it. I don't know how common it is in hockey, but I, I've been saying, you know, like I, well, I dabble in basketball. You know, I kind of dabble in every sport just because, like, what is there to do on a given night? Uh, you know, that's not Friday or Saturday. Um, but <laughs> I think LeBron James, which it does not try until the – 
until the playoffs for basketball. Like I, I'm convinced that he just like he's just like, ah oh, yeah, whatever, I'll just turn it on in the playoffs, you know, we'll just we'll just get in, you know, whatever. And then once the playoffs start, he'll just be like, Yeah, okay. Guys, just uh give me the ball, whatever, we'll make it happen. And he wins. Like what he's been to how many championships in the past, you know, ten years, he's just been so dominant. Anyways, I think it's one of those things with Boston. I think they're kind of just like, Yeah, let's just get in and we'll figure it out when we get there. You know, two go be healthy and we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing with Boston and me is uh, they've lost a couple pieces. Like, they lost Krug, they lost Chera, who's, like, a good defensive guy for them. And I, I don't know if they – I know McAvoy's injured right now. I, I don't know his uh, timeline. But, yeah, I don't think they're the same team they were defensively. Um, that top line is still the best – maybe one of the best top lines in the league. So, you can't count them out for sure with that. Uh, power play is unbelievable. But, yeah, no, I, I just don't know about them defensively if they're the same team that they uh, once were. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know what their cap situation's like exactly. I mean, maybe they'd be a team to add. I don't know if that the assets, obviously. I mean, I think they, I know DeBrusque is one of those guys that just like irks you because there's some games that like he'll look like a stud, specifically in the playoffs and others where he's just non-existent. I think, I don't know if he's a guy they want to give up or if he's a guy they want to keep because in the playoffs, he's just, he's just an absolute beast and he's just everywhere on the ice. But then regular season, he'll put up like you know, 0. 0.4 points a game. And you're like, bro, like, come on, you're a second line player, like figure it out. Anyways, I know we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, do you want to get into our next segment there? Nolan, I'm excited for this one. This is a good question. I don't even know what I'm going to answer for yeah. it yet. So, this is uh, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I have an answer for the second question. Um, the, the general question is, will McDavid win a cup? Yes or no? Um, and why, and then if the answer is yes, he will win a cup, will McDavid win a cup in Edmonton? Um, I'm going to start this one off with Sizz. He seems to, uh, he's always kind of had an opinion on this. Yeah, I think this is an easy question. Um, personally, I do not think he will win a cup in Edmonton. I think he will win a cup if he leaves Edmonton, but uh, in order to do that, he has to leave because right now they don't have um, those depth players uh, they rely heavily on McDavid and Drysaddle, and really don't have any secondary scoring. Uh, and then they also finish uh, kind of their like cusp playoff team usually, maybe like mid like fourth to eighth in the play in the regular season. Um, so then, if they get eliminated in the playoffs, they don't get a good draft pick. So they're not building prospects. They also um, they're not a incredibly attractive destination for a free agent. So they don't get many good free agents. So they're kind of just this this team that's doing the same thing every season with an incredible top line, no secondary scoring. And I, I don't see how that trend reverses. McDavid would have to put the entire team on his back and score two or three points a night. And even then, they still lose games. So I just don't see how he can do it in a playoff environment to win four playoff series against the best teams that make the best teams in the NHL that make the playoffs. To me, I, I just don't think he can do it in Edmonton. Yeah. That's it's a tough question. I'm still kind of like you know what, like just just for fun, I'm just thinking about it. I, I, I'm not I, like I understand kind of like the argument for like, but I'm just thinking like let's say like McDavid's contract runs another what like six to seven years. I think they signed him to the max. No, 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 no. It was eight years. Not, not not that long. I think he's got like five. Okay, I mean regardless, I I mean they signed him for eight years. So, I mean he's got like at least five left. Okay, so I'm just thinking. In those five years, it's one of those things like Crosby and Malkin where McDavid and Dreisaitl are just, 
I, th- I just think they're too good. And I think they'll just find a way one year just to take over. Cause like, I do think that like when they like, if they get on like these, like these runs where they could just take over, I think they can figure it out. I think that Edmonton has a lot of time to develop guys. And I, I, in a firm, in a recent podcast, I talked about uh, Broberg and Bouchard on D like those guys will be coming up soon. Those guys will be huge. Yamamoto still hasn't really broken out. If they can keep Nuge, like, I think they'll be okay. Like, I think they're going to eventually be able to find these types of guys that can play with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Kind of like, you know, uh, Pittsburgh found Rust and Gensel and Kunitz and all these guys just to play with, you know, you know, career third or second liners to play with Crosby and just be elite. Anyways, I'll, I'll be interesting and say, yes, he does win a cup in Edmonton just because him and Dreisaitl can just get so hot for so long. And I think they can figure it out for a season. Yep. Um, I agree with you. Um, McDavid's going to win a cup for sure. Um, and I think he's going to win a cup in Edmonton because I don't, well, one, I don't think he's going to leave Edmonton until maybe like the very end of his career, but I, I don't think he's going to leave Edmonton for a long time. Um, I think they're getting more secondary scoring than they ever have. And Tyson Berry, Darnell Nurse, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kaylor Yamamoto, Jesse Pugliarvi was, let's not forget about him. Very high pick. Um, Cahoon is starting to step up a little bit. And then you know, as much as Edmondson's not an attractive place as, a, as you know, a city, as you want to say, good hockey teams are an attractive place. Um, playing with McDavid and playing with Dreisaitl is an attractive place. And you saw that in Pittsburgh. Not that Pittsburgh's the worst city to play in, but by no means is it like a Tampa Bay. And, you know, the good players attract good players. People want to play with Crosby and Malcolm. People want to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And the nice thing about playing with players like that is it makes you better. Brian Rust is not a star. But he is a star on Crosby's line. Jake Gensel is a good hockey player, but he's not a 40-goal scorer unless he's on Crosby's line. And so what I'm getting at here is like these players that are made to be these incredible hockey players are good hockey players, but they're not what they are. They're that good because they're playing with stars like McDavid and Dreisaitl. And so like I don't think this team is as far away as people make them out to be. I think they're actually a, a lot closer. Um, and I think you're going to see them make some noise in the playoffs this year. Um, and, and whether they may not win. Um, the North, but I think you're going to see a step in the right direction um, in playoff hockey for this hockey team. Uh, for me, like you touched on these guys developing and like, it'd be great to see Yamamoto come along. But to me, it's a lot of these guys aren't just what they're built up to be based on their picks. Like you can't look at them just based on where they're picked and assume they're going to pan out. Um, and like this off season, you're talking about secondary scoring. They added Kyle Turris on, on forwards. Like you're gonna need something. I a little like Kyle Turris at third line. That's a great what? third line center. Yeah, but what have you done for me lately? It's Kyle Turris. Like he, he hasn't been good since he was in Ottawa, and now now you're trying to make him into this secondary score on a playoff team. Like it just it, to me, they they just don't have it. And I, I don't see them winning a series against Montreal, Winnipeg, or Toronto. I think all those three teams are better. Um, I think, yeah, and I, I just think. I don't know what more you want out of this team specifically. I think this is like, obviously they'll probably progress a little more, but I don't see them becoming a Colorado or a Vegas or anything like that. That'll be able to make it to a cup final. Yeah. I think I was kind of just playing the odds more or less. Like, like I'm not talking, this team right now is, is very flawed. I mean, one right off the bat goaltending, like that's, that's done. Like, End of end to end of point. That's why they're not winning this year. Like at, among other things, yeah, Taurus. I mean, 
on paper, he's a good third line center, but watching him, he struggled this year, in my opinion. I think he's, he's kind of, I don't know what happened to him. I, I, I love Kyle Turris. I, I think he's a great guy, but I don't know what happened to him. I, my, my bet on them winning in Edmonton is more just like kind of that Crosby Malkin factor. As I mentioned, just like these guys can just get hot at the right time and just take like legit, like take, like nobody's going to be able to take over, you know, like Pete McDavid in the league. You know what I mean? Like like Crosby when they won in like when they've been winning winning the cups for the past like what like 10, 12 years. Like Pete Crosby, you know, when he was that McDavid level guy, like, you know, he could just take over. And that's what I'm kind of just betting on eventually in the next like, you know, five years. I I don't know. This team, very flawed, but I think in the next five years, I think they can figure figure it out. But uh it's tough. One and one, there's thirty two teams in the league. Well starting next year so it'll be tough yeah like i, I think again like I, i'm kind of on nick's uh in nick's boat here like i'm comparing this team to like a pittsburgh penguins team because i think they resemble that team the most and i agree with you goaltending is a big issue um goalies are unfortunately disposable in the nhl like they're, they're not hard it's not hard to come up on a good goalie um but you look like they have they have they already have the crosby and malkin tyson berry is i would say fitting for a latang Darnell Nurse is your your stay at home defenseman. I don't while well, you're two way. I don't know who you want to compare him to. Uh, maybe he's Chris Letang. Tyson Berry's a Schultz guy. Um, Nugent Hopkins, you know, he's fitting in there just fine. Kaylor Yamamoto, I could see becoming um, like that that speed guy that Carl Hagelin, Jesse Puliyarvi. Who knows what that guy can be? Maybe nothing. Maybe something. Um, but uh, yeah, they had Nick Benino on that third line. That's a huge piece. They need to find something similar to a Nick Benino. Turris is not a Nick Benino. Um, but like, I don't think they're that far off on on paper. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I guess I guess time will tell. Yeah, you touched on it's. It's not hard to find a, a decent goalie, but it's those next level goalies that really win for you, like a flurry, um, who's a first overall pick, which you're not getting in Edmonton. I understand, like you can get goalies that are first overall picks, but you really need to find those those elite level goalies to have good runs most of the time these days. Like Bennington, maybe a one off, um, yeah, a little hot streak. Um, but to me, I think you, you need that elite goalie for them, especially they're they're not that sound defensively either. So I think an elite goalie would really help them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They need that goalie, but I, I wouldn't say Pittsburgh's defensive depth was anything special. But yeah, I agree with you. Like on the goalie end, they definitely need a goalie. Um, so let's send this over to the this or that segment. We're going to get to one that's, I mean, a little bit different in age. Um, Huberto's a little bit older than Kyle Connor. Those are the two players we'll be talking about today. Um, very different hockey teams they play for um, as far as structure and as far as their rosters are looking. Um, I'll send this one over to Nick first. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, Kyle Connor, who you got? Um, I'm a big Kyle Connor guy, so I'll go him. Um, I love his possession numbers. I just love what he does. Like just, he's one of those rare guys in the league that can honestly like, you know, sounds kind of like silly. I feel like I mentioned this in a podcast in a, in a previous one, but he has that like rare ability in the league to like actually hold on to the puck and like deke people out as like silly and like kind of like basic as that sounds. Like this guy's legitimately like, you know, dancing around the zone, making plays and there's only so many guys who can do that. I don't think Huberto really is a guy that can. I think Huberto is like a great player. I think he's, you know, break broke out as a superstar. But for me, it's just Kyle Connor. I mean, obviously looking at the points, it's 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 pretty close. Huberto had a great both had great years last year. 
the contract for for Connor for taking that into perspective. I think both are on pretty good contracts, but Kyle Connor makes I think just a bit over seven. So that's uh, for a long time, which is like really really good for him, considering you know a guy like Marner makes eleven point eleven point five or whatever he makes. Uh, it's yeah, it's tight. I I take Connor. I mean because of age and just because I just he's one of those guys that every game I watch him like. He puts up points, but it's noticeable when he puts up points. You know, like he's creating, like he's making plays, setting guys up. Whereas like Huberto, I think he's making those plays, but it's more like he'll put up, he'll put up two assists, and I'll be like, oh yeah, like Huberto got two assists. Like it was, I didn't notice it though. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it's Connor for me. Slim, just possession, deking out as basic as that is, and then the contract and the age for me. Yeah, I, I'm going to go opposite. I'll go Huberto. I do think uh, Kyle Connor is the age, so he probably has the potential to grow into something um, that could be better maybe. But uh, Huberto this season, him and Barkov have an unbelievable chemistry this year. And it, it's almost like they just know where each other are. But I think his ability to make plays, he has an unbelievable IQ. And I think this is uh, kind of what we saw when he was younger in the World Juniors and kind of what everyone wanted him to turn into. And, uh, no, yeah, Florida has been really good this year. And I think a lot of that is, uh, attributed to his success. He's leading their team in points with 42 points in 39 games. So yeah, I think, I think he's just a bigger piece to his team than Kyle Connor is in Winnipeg for me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to agree with Sis. I think, uh, Jonathan Huberto is a star in this league. And as much as he's got another star like Barkov beside him, Kyle Connor's currently playing on a line with Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers. Are they good? Um, and so I, I don't know, like supporting cast, I, I, I'm going to say Kyle Connor as the upper edge. Um, and I think Huberto just is right now putting up way more points per game, not way more, but more points per game, uh, especially over the last three seasons. And so, um, Kyle Connor, I agree is has that upside. Maybe I'll be wrong in four years. Um, but for now, I think Jonathan Huberto, um, is still a safer pick. Yep, fair enough. Honestly, I, I like they're so close. And honestly, like if you told me like yeah, pick pick one to start a team around, like it's I I'd love both, and I wouldn't like it, it. Like I wouldn't. It's one of those things where it's like I don't know. Like there's just like both. There's no bad choice. And if like I got one and some like Sis got the other one, I wouldn't be like oh my god, no, it's so unfair. Like anyways, so yeah, I, I like this argument there. I, I mean. It's tough with the age difference, right? Because, I mean, if you're, like, saying start a team, age and contract included, you have to go Connor just because he's locked up for how many more years? He's 24 years old. But in terms of just straight up, you know, who's the better player right now, playoff series, I think Huberto does get get, get the edge. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Siz, you ready for some gambling picks? Uh, yeah, I could get some gambling picks. All right, we're on to our last segment of the day. You want to start or you want me to start? You can start. All right. We're going to start off with Thursday, April 8th. Uh, I just lost 40 bucks on Tampa Bay versus Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I took Tampa. Tampa lost 4 nothing handedly. They will win, in my opinion, against Columbus on Thursday um, simply because they're embarrassed. Um, let me see. Yeah, thank you. yeah, okay. And then the, the next game I'm going to take uh, is Minnesota versus St. Louis on April 9th. 
I think there'll be good juice on Minnesota. St. Louis is struggling. Um, Minnesota's been pretty consistently good. Um, so I would take them on April 9th. And then my boys, Golden Misfits, I'm taking them against Arizona all day and Sunday. All right, over to me. I got, I'll got. i go April the 8th as well uh, to start things off. I'm going to go with, as well as you said, the Lightning to beat uh, the Jackets, but I'm going to take them on the puck line. Um, I hear Vasilevsky's back in, and I don't think he's losing two in a row. Uh, he's 23-5-1 on the season. Um, so yeah, I'm hammering them on the puck line. I'm going to as well take um, the Boston Bruins over the Washington Capitals. I believe Washington has their uh, – oh, no, actually, Samsonov is starting. But uh, Boston's been hot lately. Um, I think they're winning tonight as well. And then my final pick is going to be the Devils over the Sabres. I think the Sabres are still trash. And uh, with Taylor Hall sitting and probably going to get dealt, um, that's just one less player in their lineup to score goals for them. So I believe the Devils will take that as well. There we go. All right, boys. I, I actually took I actually took notes about your picks. Or actually, I, I want I want to like I think like the the next podcast. Let's actually see if you guys are right. You know what I mean? Let's see if we can make our our listeners some money. You know what I mean? Cool. <laughs> put a little more. Put a little I more like interest. It. Like you know. Obviously, bet the money you you're willing to lose. As always, uh, don't be a gambling addict. Uh, you know, responsibly. There's enough addicts in this podcast. We don't need more. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know we'll uh, we'll show them we win every week, and then they'll they'll tail us and get absolutely bounced and lose every game. So, yeah, right. I I can't believe Tampa. I'd Tampa on the puck line, and I'd Tampa outright win. They lost four two to the Jackets tonight. They went down four nothing at one point. Come yeah, on. they uh, they got empty netted too. It was, it was uh, oh, I, I think, think it was three nothing, and then three two, and then four two. Yeah. I uh, I have been struggling as of late on the picks. I went from really really hot last week to really really cold. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's a tough loss for Tampa. It's it's so weird. Like it's just watching Vasilevsky lose this year. It's so weird. I got him in both my hockey pools. I'm I'm playing Tanner this week. I need I need him to need him to be better. Shout out Tanner. He's doing well though in our pool. Another Tanner. All right, boys. Well, I guess it's uh. About that time to wrap it up. It was great talking to you guys tonight. Um, hopefully you enjoyed uh, listening. Any final sign-offs? Um, Masters this weekend. Fired up. Oh, yeah. Of the Masters. Bets. You guys got any Masters who bets? Got, who we got? Yeah, I got uh, – I wouldn't call him a dark horse, but he's probably not the favorite. I, I got uh, Justin Thomas winning it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um I'm going to say uh, I would have taken Justin Thomas. I would have taken Brooks Kepka, And my boy, um, I'm going to put a couple bucks on him just because I love him so very much, John Rom. So I got this weekend. All right. Cool, boys. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably throw a couple bucks down this weekend. I think it's like just, you know, it happens once a year. So I got to – I'll probably throw a little money down. Got- Corey Connors there. Just, uh, you know, throwing money on the Canadian. I think he's 67-1 right now. So that will be fun if I uh, – on that, <laughs> I was calling Kyle Connors. Any uh, yeah, Kyle Connors. Any, any dark horses we like? Was uh, when Matt Wolf was playing really well. Was that the Masters? Yeah, that was the Masters last year, but it was a weird time last year. I remember yeah, it was like yeah, in, it was, uh, but at eighty-one to one, and he didn't finish far behind Dustin Johnson. Well, he did finish far behind, but he, I think he finished second last Masters. So at eighty-one to one, I don't know. 
He was leading for a while, but uh, I don't know. To me, it's just more of a one-off. Yeah, it could be. A, a guy who always seems to be in the mix, though, is uh, as much as I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him as a golfer, is uh, Patrick Reed. He, he does seem to do well in the majors and yeah, particularly the Masters. Stupid cheater. What a loser. <laughs> I hate that guy. Um, also, um, Jordan Spieth's been really good lately. Yeah, he's been really hot. I was actually just going to mention him. I mean, to be fair, like if you're picking winner though, like you know, like even Johnson, I think, like I mean, I'm looking at my odds uh, site right now, Betway, and he's he's still ten to one. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's still good money, you know, if you can pick, you know, and he's the favorite, right? Like the, the highest, best odds. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking through. I mean, like I'm. Yeah, there's not really that many good. Like I mean, the odds are all good. I think he's hot really. I'll say my my hot pick for good. I mean, Lee Westwood hits his irons high. Just good at the Masters. You need good iron play because those greens are just nuts. Uh, he's uh, he's one of my favorites, and uh, yeah, I'll go him. He's twenty nine to one right now. So if if we're looking for a real dark horse there, uh, don't bet money you want to lose. But I I always liked Lee Westwood. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick as well. Actually, he's been pretty good recently. He was really good in the players. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I guess my dark horse will be Brooks Kepka at twenty six to one. Yeah, he loves big tournaments. Never yeah, bad he's a beauty. That guy is such a beauty. He's always packing lips on the course. He's a unit. <laughs> he's a unit too. He's like the one guy you can actually oh, like. I guess, yeah, I guess he's the so too. hot. Oh, he's so hot too. Yeah, that guy's a machine. Okay, boys. Well, boys. This has been fun. Um, I'll see you guys next weekend. We will have Masters results and trade deadline results. So that's uh, that's exciting. Cheers, Signing off for now. Good seeing you guys.